Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, episode number 83. 83! Emily, how you doing today? You know, I'm kicking. I'm not doing horribly, because this wasn't a horrible episode, so I'm not dying. Yeah, that's something. That's something. I'm Nick, alongside the previously mentioned Emily. Hello. Emily, what is it we do here on this show? <laughs> well, Nick, we take a week-by-week look at the downfall of WCW through late 1999 and now into the year 2000. And how do you feel about by the, by the time this episode comes out, we will be less than one month from getting married? Yay! <laughs> to make them think it's not happening <laughs> no it's happening at this point i put so much money down it better fucking happen you're marrying somebody somebody is having a wedding on our date at our venue well today we're talking about the valentine's day episode oh, of how appropriate. 2000 wsw monday nitro did you feel the love in this episode you know in the grand scheme they did not do much no they barely even acknowledged that it was valentine's day except for the one the one they, they, they didn't want to rub it in because it's like if you're watching WCW 2000, you don't have a day for Valentine's Day. No, I was saying there's one segment that they mentioned that it's Valentine's Day. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. It was the first one we were recording after we went to Raw. We did. We went to um, went to Monday Night Raw a couple nights ago. Last week, I guess. It was fun. We saw Bork Laser. For we saw, like 10 seconds. But we were where we were sitting was right next to all the pyro. So it was blowing our eardrums out for him, for Seth, for... Anybody who had pyro, it was crazy loud. Well, Brock didn't have pyro, so I thought he wasn't going to come out during this because like they didn't like reset the pyro, and I'm like, I guess Brock's not coming. He just came out with no pyro. I'm like, oh, fuck. yeah, so swerve. <laughs> so I have more notes than usual on this one. So uh, I feel like I do too. I also have a good amount of backstage notes at various bits during this because well, sh- it also happening. it makes sense that we both have more notes for this because surprise, it was a three hour episode. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Mention that. They don't mention it before the show. They don't mention it during the show. They like, don't mention it's a it jam-packed show. It's the like closest you get. Yeah. Never at any point is like, oh yeah, we're three hours again. You just have to sit and suffer and never know when it's going to end. Yeah. Because additionally, there were three main events. Three? That's what they they were saying in our like in our first main event and then our second main event. Our, they they okay, advertised guess, three main events. Okay. I'm like, what the hell's the third one? I'm like, eh, relative. Yeah, but they advertised three. So you never fucking knew and it was going to fucking end. Yeah, there's also some technical difficulties during this show. Uh, we skipped in between watching a VHS rip and the Peacock version because yeah. the Peacock version was missing about 10 minutes of stuff. And the stuff that wasn't in the Peacock version that was on the VHS, it, they, it didn't seem to have any like severe technical difficulties to it. It just seemed like they cut a segment. Right I don't understand. But that wasn't even James Brown music, was it? The second one was, yeah. Was it? Oh, okay. Maybe then. Yeah. And Nitro Girls segments getting cut isn't anything new. Yeah, but the Nitro Girls were here. Yeah. We'll see them later. But they actually had a moment tonight. So I have a theory that we haven't seen them because they've been on the set of Ready to Rumble. Because apparently they have like a something to do in Ready to Rumble. A little bit. But other people have been back on Nitro since then. Yeah, Kimberly. Well, no, like DDP and Canyon have been around. Who better than Canyon? There actually is a fictional Nitro Girl in Ready to Rumble. A fictional one? Well, like, because they have an a- actress playing a Nitro Girl. Oh. I forget what her Nitro Girl name is. But well, it's... we'll find out when we watch Ready to Rumble. Yeah. So, tonight's Nitro is in Uniondale, New York, which is in Long Island, if you're unaware of where Uniondale is. Long Island. And Emily, there's some good news for WCW. Oh, tell me. The ratings are up this week. Hey! There was like a 2.7 or something last week. It went up to a 3.6. Wow. 
The reason for this. a pretty severe jump. Okay. Is that Raw Logan. was preempted and didn't air until 11. Ah, there you go. Which I guess is part of the reason why they did a three-hour show. Say more. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because Raw didn't go on until 11. So they're like, oh, well, we have the 10 to 11 hour unopposed, so let's just do it. Oh, so let's just keep going. Okay. So, Emily, there is bad news with the good news, though. It wouldn't be wrestling if that wasn't the case. Despite the fact that Raw went on two hours later at 11 p.m., it still did a 4-4. Yeah, that sounds right. Which is better than... Yeah. Yeah. So, despite the fact that Raw got delayed two hours, WWE still lost. Yeah. That's where we're at now. But they still did better. So, I guess, good? My guess is a lot of those people went to go tune into Raw, saw the Westminster Dog Show, and went... I don't watch this. What's going on, Nitro? I would rather watch the dog show. <laughs> but the, the, that's just your taste. I love the dog show. I, we watch the Westminster Dog Show every Thanksgiving. It's part of the Thanksgiving lineup. Is that the Westminster one? How many Westminster dog shows are there? I don't know, actually, if it's the Westminster dog show, now that I say it. But it's the dog show on, thanks, on Thanksgiving Day. I love the dog show. Yes. This I is think not it's that great. one. So let's get some backstage notes before we get into this show. Uh, Ray Mysterio did an interview and said that Conan is suspended for two months. Oh, what did he do? He wanted his release. So they suspended him? Yep. So I've never fully understood like suspension from school because it's like you did a bad thing. You cut class. Now you don't have to go to class. It's like you're almost... what <laughs> These suspensions, it's vague if they're with pay or without pay. Because mm. we'll get to one later that's with pay. It's a fucking joke. Okay. Suspended with pay in general is a joke. Yes, I agree. Uh, Shane Douglas still hasn't signed his release papers. They gave it to him. Like, yeah, go ahead. He's like, ah, you know, maybe. Um. He, was he trying to call their bluff? No, he was going to leave and then realized they didn't have any job elsewhere. No. Uh, Kidman was apparently promised a feud with Jeff Jarrett that clearly is not happening. Oh, I don't think I want that to happen. We saw them wrestle, I want to say, in one of the last couple of weeks. I don't remember. I don't recall. Uh, Jim Duggan was supposed to be on this Nitro. Hello. He threw a fit over being asked to do something stupid, so they're like, all right, fine, don't appear at all then. What? His whole thing is doing something stupid. <laughs> Which is like, all right, so then what are they asking him to do? Like, no one knows. Clean a toilet? Like, how low is your bar, man? And then uh, four people were offered a WWE developmental contract after a tryout in, uh, in, in a recent week, including a wrestler named American Dragon. Oh, Cody Rhodes? Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. Nice. American Nightmare is what you're thinking. Yeah. I knew it was American something. Yeah. Nice. I, I guess he doesn't take it because I don't remember him being in... Maybe he's in the system. I know he trained at like Shawn Michaels school. Maybe he's in the system. Yeah. That he like bounces I, around. Admittedly, I don't know as much of his early, early career. I know he wrestles John Cena on Velocity in 2002 and that's... Like his I mean, only that's appearance that... until 2010. So that would, make, that would make sense then if he's in developmental now, because 2002 is not that yeah. far from now. So. Or they just call him in and give him yeah. the, you know, a tryout. I'm not really sure which, but... I don't know. This is not a Brian Danielson podcast. This is a shitty Nitro podcast. No, we'd be a lot happier people if we were reviewing Brian Danielson. Yes. So let's get into this show. Although it's going to take us a little while, because um, we start with a Nitro and Thunder recap. Most of talking over the title scene and the Ric Flair story. In the graphic, it's like, tonight, we're going to have Terry Funk versus Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Woo! Two matches that did not get me excited. <laughs> Woo! We're going to get the opening pyro, Tony Schiavone and Mark Madden on commentary, and Mark Madden starts talking, and then we get another recap package. Yeah, Mark Madden actually gets cut off in this. Yeah. yeah like, he starts talking, and then it's just like, and eh, no, we need to talk about Thunder again. That was so important, I guess. 
to talk about it. It's so nice. Talk about it twice. And it was it was like the same stuff. Like the first package was just a shorter version of the second package. Yeah, it was edited slightly differently. This was the more WWE style, like repeating and triple shots and all that. And But yeah, same exact info. Yeah. And then we get Jeff Jarrett, the Harris Boys, and some babes coming out to the ring. I call these the Yeehaw NWOs. Because they come out to like some country-ass music version of the NWO theme. That's Jeff Jarrett's theme. Yeah. No Scott Steiner this week. He's suspended with pay. What did he do? Went off script last week in in his promo shitting on Ric Flair. Ric Flair was not meant to be part of that promo last week. Oh. He just went off and did his own thing. So it's like, all right, go home, but we're paying you. So what's the fucking point? Yeah. I'm sure he learned his lesson. Yeah, definitely. And won't do anything. 100%. And won't do anything fucking crazy the rest of this year. Definitely not. But uh, in general, NWO 2000s going great. This is really sad. I think you even like said it. You're like, this is just sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is the state of the NWO right now, and it's a it's a guy with a guitar and two Nazis. It's like, bruh, what what are you doing? Jarrett sends the ladies away, and one of the Harris boys is like, we are the elite. There's Who gave him a microphone? People are saying the NWO's dead. No, we're not. Like, yeah, you are, but If you're acknowledging that someone said that the NWO is dead, you, you're dead. Yeah, people really oversold NWO 2000 to me. The band's back together. So Jeff Jarrett says it's six days until Super Brawl, and he has all the stroke. Do ya? I'm really fucking... I know it's this whole thing, but I'm really fucking tired of these. Like, I have the stroke. We get later. Oh, I'm talking to a rat. That was different people, though. That wasn't yeah. Jeff Jarrett. No, his whole thing is, I'm great and I've proven it, so believe me and love me. Like, that's his whole, that's his character. Jarrett complains that his ref was taken away for Super Brawl, and Kevin Nash keeps trying to screw him. He says he's the greatest wrestler of all time, and he says he'll leave the Cow Palace, WWE champion, which is just a so- funny sentence. The Cow Palace. That's a place. Does it... <laughs> you need to bow down to King Cow. No, are you going to reference the, the fucking cow dungeon? Palace part of the Dungeon of Doom? Is it on the land of the... Is that where the crow, like, coops? Or, or, oh, I'm thinking, because it's a dungeon. Is the dungeon under the is Cow the dungeon pal- Is the dungeon under the Cow Palace, and you have to be part of the Legion to get into the palace? Ooh, the lore grows. <laughs> It's still called the Cow Palace. What is this? It's it's in Maryland. Wait, hold on. This can't no be way. right. No way. There is a place called Cow Palace. It's a trade center, exhibition and trade center in Lutherville, Maryland. Dude, we're going. Hold on. Lutherville's the drive. Let me we look up Super Brawl. Okay, it's in Daly City, California. Very far from here. Definitely not here. Well, okay. It's called the Cow Palace. Originally called the California State Livestock Pavilion. The Cow California. We're moving on. <laughs> So Kevin Nash appears on the screens. He's backstage with two sexy nurses. Jeff Jarrett says that Nash isn't commissioner anymore because Jarrett likes being commissioner. Yeah, he's like, nah, I liked it last week. I'm going to keep it. Like, that's not how jobs work. No. You're fired. No, no I'm actually, I'm not. <laughs> Swerve. Uno reverse. Actually, you're fired. <laughs> oh, no, you got me. The Harris boys grab, grab Dave Penzer and they're like, we're going to break his fucking neck if, unless you cut the feed to Nash's yeah, screen. they have him up in like a, a 3D sort of a vibe, like ready to slam him as like a threat. That's so messed up. And Kevin Nash, like, don't cut my feed. It's like, <laughs> break his neck. Right, yeah. Like, you're just ready to sacrifice Dave Penzer. Fucking writing Mark Henry's theme song. Fucking beat him up, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. But did you notice that we graduated this week? We are no longer slab nuts. Oh, we're slab ass. Slab ass. It, slab anything will work. 
He said slap ass like five times during the show. I now want a movie poster for say anything, but it's slap anything with Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Send it in. And in, you know, just those telegraph lines. Jeff Jarrett ending his segment. Hit the commissioner's music. And then we get the wolf back. Nash comes out in a motorized wheelchair wearing an outsider shirt. He like got stuck on his way out. He like couldn't figure out how to use his wheelchair. Nash says his surgically repaired foot will still fit up all their asses. That was such a good line because yeah. he like dragged it out for a while. He's like, yeah, I got surgery on my foot. It's got like a metal rod in there, a couple of screws and this, you know, this, but you know, this size 15 foot, it'll still fit up your ass. Like That's excellent delivery. I turned to you during this segment or I think right at the end of this and I'm like, remember two weeks ago when Kevin Nash from the biggest heels in the company and he is just turned face on the premise that nobody likes Jeff yeah. Jarrett. Yeah, he's he's face by default. Nash also says that since the Thunder match ended without a winner, he's making the Super Bowl main event a three way dance. So it's going to be Sid Vicious versus Jeff Jarrett versus Scott Hall. So I thought that he was gonna do a different swerve there where he's like, Yeah, neither of you win. So Scott Hall wins. Like, so no, my friend wins. Fuck you. If he had been cleared, I could have seen them going. So I'm the number one contender again. Yeah, Because he, he was the start of this. This was, this was supposed to be Sid versus Nash, yeah. which we'll talk about towards the end of the show. Nash says he's been rehabbing at a local medical facility called Scores. Which, which I got a pop. It's a local strip club. Oh. <laughs> you, you, didn't, you didn't get that? I was like, it's a bar or it's a strip club. I really thought he was like shouting out a rehab place and everyone was like, Yeah! <laughs> No, Emily. It's like, oh, shout out. No, it that that is a uh, steak and blowjobs pop. Got me. But while he was at scores, he decided to book a main event for tonight. It's going to be Sid Vicious versus Jeff Jarrett, and to fuck with Jarrett, it's non-title. I liked that. It was like the little smarmy smirk too. It was good. Yeah, it's rare that making something non-title. It's like a face move. It's usually a heel going, "Oh, I'll face you, but not for the title." And mm. here was like, "No, fuck you, Jeff. You don't get the title shot." You gotta wait. No, we're trying to wear you down. I mean, I guess he wants to win his first title, but in reality, like, if you're defending it on Sunday, like, what's the point? When both of you are in the match you're defending on on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It was like when they did the, um, it's like when they changed the title right before For the Hard Way. For the Hard Way was still such a terrible name of a match. Oh, yeah, 100%. But they changed it from Norman to Brian Nobbs, like, the Thunder before, or like the Nitro before, and I'm like, why? You... You're doing this on pay-per-view. You could just do it then. But we have our main event tonight um, among the other main events. Yeah, we have one of them. Triple main event, a.k.a. no main event. It's the syndrome of main events. Tony and Mark check in as Mark sucks up to, to Jeff Jarrett. God, I miss Bobby Heenan. They hype up the return of Hulk Hogan, and I'm like, Brother! This fuck, this, I hate that he's a smart businessman, because he's a fucking prick. Hogan? Yeah. Yeah, well. I'm going to return when we go to New York City, you know, where I was massive, on a week where Raw is on a delay, so I can point to the ratings and go, oh, they're up because the Hulkster's back, brother. He's smart. I hate him. He knows what he's doing. Well, the problem is, it's really easy to see through. Oh, yeah. He's smart, but he's not that smart. But we also have the Mamelukes, Norman Smiley, and Bam Bam Bigelow are here, which is a weird trio to hype up. Like, it excited us, but I don't know that... You know, it's like a random trio to be like, hey, stay tuned. These guys are here. I guess, but I don't know. The Mamelukes kind of like stole the show tonight. Oh, yeah. Mamelukes fucking A-plus performance Oh, tonight. I love them. Somebody just get Johnny a cheese sandwich. We're also going to get a special Valentine's Day segment, which was cut from Peacock. For good reason. 
And they're like, oh, DDP has a book. We're going to do a whole thing about this later. They don't. They, they never like, do. mention it during a match. They mention that it's available on some date. Backstage, Ric Flair, Lex Luger, and Miss Elizabeth all arrive together. Yay. Luger mumbles and asks Flair, like, what's, what's going on with Arn Anderson? Like, you should dump him. And Flair's like, no, 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 it's fine. I was having a really hard... You give me so much shit from not being able to hear the mumbles. I could not hear any of these mumbles. I don't blame you here. Okay, good. I was hoping that you caught what they said because I heard nothing. Backstage, three count practice the routine. And we get Norman Smiley trying to hype up the newly named Lane and Idol. It's Lenny and Lodi. They just immediately went back to their Lenny and Lodi costumes, too. Like, they were in standards and practices for, what, two weeks? Something like that. If that. Another thing that got way overhyped for me. Yeah. I was like, oh, they do this. Like, oh, no, they're... No. We didn't say they do that. They, They dabbled in it. So it turns out that you're understanding of this era of wrestling was incredibly skewed because you thought things like you thought that Oklahoma was gone. You thought that people just ignore this era. Yeah. It's like Russo leaves your your perspective is so skewed and it's wild. So I I love when you get surprised by stuff because you never get surprised by wrestling stuff anymore. Yeah. And we were kind of saying, I'm like, I know this happens. I just don't know when. How do you feel about tigers? Nick? (laughs) Yeah. Scott's time is going to come out with Lee Marshall. There's a deep cut. Sure. But Emily, I have to correct you. They are not doing the same gimmick as they were before. Because now they're straight. Are they? I'm talking to a rat. I'm going to go bang this whore. Who's to say that rats have to be women? You know what? That's a fair point. Feminism. And, and Equality. I missed something during this segment. What? Because Lenny is the one talking to the rat. He's going to go get laid. Okay. Lenny's the one in the match later. Lodi just vanishes. His match takes all of 30 seconds. I think that he can do both. But I'm saying, where's where's Lodi? Maybe he's, maybe it's a threesome. We don't know. Oh, uh, he's warming her up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know his life. They are, they are kayfabe brothers. It's kind of weird. But like, I won't even get into it. No, it's weird. It's weird. I'm not gonna. No, because there's like a whole category of porn. There's like going with twin sisters or something like that. That's not weird. That's, that's weird. No, that's hot. No, it's weird too. <laughs> you, you, you grow out of that one. So they have a match here in a second. In between, we get Miss Hancock headed towards the ring. She's got a clipboard. Ready to work. And we get three count versus Norman Smiley and Lane. Just Lane. (laughs) Why? Three count says they've got a lot of entries for their dream date contest and they start performing, but are interrupted by Norman Smiley who comes out in Islander's gear. Woo. I didn't really track this story, but Norman has beaten all three members of three count individually. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. They showed the like the replays of like, oh, like three weeks ago he did this, then two weeks ago he did this, then last week he finished it off. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was not keeping track of that. Really making three count look great. I really like three count. And I don't think they looked bad in this match. No, they can go. They just Well, yeah, because all three threats. of them individually are good wrestlers. Like Shane Helms is a good wrestler. Shannon Moore can hold his own. Evan Courageous is there. Like, they're not bad. <laughs> We get a spin kick from Moore and a springboard moonsault to the floor. And his commentary is confused to like, why is this a handicap match? Where's, where's Idol? I'm like, yeah. That, that would have made sense, wouldn't it? So then Lane does a dive onto what's supposed to be Norman and Shannon Moore. And no one catches him. Oh he my just God. takes a flat back bump onto the mats. Oh, the splat the sound was horrifying. Oh, God. It was awful. I, he keeps going. I'm he like, does. I'm like, dude, I would have been, I would have understood if you're like. I need a minute. <laughs> Sin Cara is like, what are you doing, man? Get Jesus. out of there. Yeah, that was, that was. Rough. Sorry, I hurt my pinky. I gotta go. <laughs> so then everyone else ends up kind of doing a dive onto the group. And then we get Miss Hancock coming out to the ring. Miss Hancock. 
And she gets on commentary. Yes. We get a skull-crushing finale from Lane, and Stacy hops on commentary. And she really is here to do two things. One is she has the line, they don't know what they're missing. But they don't. she never establishes who they is. Yeah. So it's very confusing at first. So, like, Mark Madden has to be like, do you mean Lenny and Lodi? Like, and yeah, obviously. Think, well, what are they missing? They don't know. They don't know. And we'll get to the other reason she's out here in a, in a minute. We get a running sit-up powerbomb to Lane and then a hot tag to Norman Smiley. Spitting scoop slam from Norman and does the big wiggle. And we just hear, hit the music from Miss Hancock. And she just gets on the announce table, takes her hair down, and just starts dancing. Totally unprovoked. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You loved it. This is your best bit of the show, I know. <laughs> Look, I enjoyed it for all the reasons they intended, but it shouldn't be on a wrestling show. Because <laughs> commentary completely falls off. The entire match just like... Falls apart, yeah. Yeah, like the director's like, no, we're just going to hold on Stacy. Yeah. I needed to do a deep cut here. So there's an album released by WWE called WWE Originals. Okay. It was people on the roster singing songs. Sure. I think that's where Basic Thugonomics actually like debuts. Really? But there's a couple other random ones. And Stacey Keebler has a song on there called Why Can't We Just Dance? Why can't we just dance? And I Stace? think she she posed that question to us during the show. Why can't we just dance? Just dance. When you feel the moment, take it. Yep. You were sitting noting her butt was like poking out. Oh, yeah. Her skirt was not really being a skirt anymore. It was just kind of riding up and her butt was kind of falling out. I don't think anybody was mad about that. I think that was kind of her goal. She looked good. Yeah, looked great. Legs still going. Nonstop legs. Uh, there is was, still a match here. It was just bizarre. I think that her point was to distract the men in the ring. If that was her point, she succeeded. Yeah, it was like, I think it was meant to be like Lenny and Lodi. Like, you could have had all this. They're gay. <laughs> not anymore. They're gay. Stacy, you're lovely. You're not their type. Yeah, David Flair is just waiting for you. Ugh, I cannot believe that. So, everyone gets distracted, except for one man. The fucking professional. Norman Smiley. What a guy. Locks in the Norman Conquest on Evan Courageous, and Courageous taps out. A little bit of story I liked. He was tapping out, and Charles Robinson was just staring at Stacey leaving. Then, like, jumps when you see, like, oh, fuck. He has, like, shake himself back <laughs> in the match. moment. I thought that was a little cute moment, because, like, I'm glad it wasn't, like, oh, he, referee didn't see it, and then Courageous wins, because she's so hot. It's like, yeah. No, it was just a cute little joke. It's just a second. Like, it was, it was enough. It was perfect. Yeah. So once again, Norman manages to beat three count. He's facing them, I think, in a handicap match at Super Brawl. They have to win. Or else they're they're done. They're buried. Yeah. That was such a wild match. Yeah. And then (laughs) also cut from Peacock because three count. Post-match, three count is like, all right, we know you came to see us perform. So we're still gonna. And they perform and go to commercial. Back from commercial, they're still going. (laughs) Consummate professionals. They they never stop. They give the people what they want. So Tank Abbott comes out to kill him. Except he kind of doesn't. I fucking hate Tank Abbott. He just kind of like clears the ring like passively and like yeah, oh, like Shane Helms what a kind man. of is like oh guys he's coming oh guys and like does he does Tank Abbott even like do a move on any of them? I think he, he like yeah he like kind of throws him around, but it's not like he had three knockout punches no. and was like he's just like I'm large and scary. Yeah, and that's it. I fucking hate Tank Abbott. Then we see backstage. Meng is mad to somebody. I, I did not see who the hell this was. No. I've seen people be like, oh, he's talking to Big Al. I'm like, no, Big Al is... No, that was not Big is Al. He's a ringside. This is a different guy. <laughs> I don't know who this is. 
But Meng is mad about Tang being called the real deal, which I listened. They did not call him the real deal. They never called him that. So, yeah, Meng's just like, and I'm not. And we have so. to rely on commentary to give us any kind of context for that. And I'm not. Like, what? Uh, yeah, I, maybe what? they're setting up Tang Abbott's next feud. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, putting him against Meng would actually be putting him against somebody real. So maybe. That'd be great. I don't want Meng to job to him, though. <sighs> I'd rather somebody real on the roster actually job to him. So that we can actually see, oh, Tank Abbott is actually a big deal. Look, he beat Mang. Like, Emily, he's about to face Rick Fuller. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're right. I'm wrong. Uh, Rick Fuller, we haven't seen him in eight months. Could have. We've fooled, seen him before. Could have fooled me. We've seen this man. <laughs> Probably on Saturday night. Oh God. Yeah, we're like who? So Big Al is at ringside with all his blood all over the saddle. Tank gets distracted and Fuller blindsides him. They get in the ring. Tank, Tank Abbott knocks out Fuller and wins. This doesn't make Tank look good. Commentary just moves on. Yeah, they don't care because this is nothing to care about. I I think I'm actually enjoying it, but I think Tony Schiavone can like feel the ship going down and is just like not giving a shit anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh, here especially, he was just like just laughing at it and not like yeah. I guess I had to put this guy over, but whatever. Fuck it. I don't know. How can you not feel it? Like Tony Schiavone has to know. Yeah, Tony Schiavone like wins worst wrestling announcer like multiple years in a row and i don't know that i feel like he oh should've. i disagree yeah like he's not great but i think like, the, the um the, i mean this is a hot take i know that a lot of people will disagree with the guy who calls ecw he's worse joey styles joey yeah. styles i do not like joey styles yeah, cause you, like, you like joey with people but you don't like joey yes, on his own but joey on his own is kind of the default joey yeah. that's how he usually is and i don't think that he can hold a show on his own but tony throws to a clip from earlier today they did an interview with tank abbott I don't know why we didn't do this before the match. Yeah, it'd be that'd be way more sensical. It's like, oh, tell us about your UFC days. He's like, I was the only real fighter there. But by that, he meant that he sent all of his opponents to the hospital. And even if he didn't win the match, as long as they went to the hospital, he won. Yeah, Mike today. What? Mike today is like, well, I mean, like it's almost like your win loss record doesn't matter. Be, you know, in parentheses because it was shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I just wanted to. Like basically, I was violent, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Mike asked about Big Al. Tank says they're going to have a skins match at Super Raw, and Mike has to prompt him multiple times, like, what the fuck is a skins match? And the skins is apparently his jacket? But more importantly, Emily, where is the jacket? On a pole! <laughs> jacket on a pole! It's so stupid! Why is the jacket on the pole? I don't know. This is so dumb! It's even, a UFC match! Even dumber, Tank Abbott's like, Big Al is out of control. Big Al doesn't understand what I'm doing here in WCW. No, he said he's out of control. Is he? With what? But like he did straight up say, like Big Al does He's not understand. Just standing there. Menacingly. No, but Tank Tank does say that Big Al just does not understand WCW. He doesn't understand wrestling. He thinks that UFC is the only way to be, you know? Which like if you have to choose between WCW and UFC when it comes to real fighting, like, yeah, maybe go to Wait. UFC. So we have that match that someone wants us to review and I'm like I Woo! I know nothing about Big Al after this, so I assume this is going to be a fucking train wreck. It's going to be great! You know, the workhorse Tank Abbott can carry Big Al to a good match. I really hope that the jacket falls the way that the pinata did, and they just have to fake that it's still on a pole. Have I told you about the clipboard in TNA? Mm-mm. There was a contract on a clipboard, and they were doing a spot, and the contract fell off. They're like, no, 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 you have to get the clipboard! It's almost like this is a flawed... Match style. God, you're going to fucking love TNA whenever we watch it. I can't wait. Specifically Russo era TNA. 
I miss. I, I, I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. You you almost said you miss Russo. I miss the faff. I need more faff in my life. Well, how about Jeff Jarrett complaining to somebody vaguely? <laughs> Ooh, that's that good. Good. <laughs> how about Dustin Rhodes telling you don't try this at home? How or, about Taff Cappy? Yeah, my get, boy Taff Cappy. We get Mean Gene interviewing Paisley and the artist formerly known as Prince Ikea. Taff Cappy. Which I realized I kept running Taff Cappy and not the artist, which is really on me. Oh, yeah. He's he's Taff Cappy or Taff in my notes. So Paisley starts doing a promo and then gets a little hand signal from the artist. And she's like, oh, you, the, you know, Taff Cappy is going to grace us with his words. Speak to us, oh sexy purple one. Which, what? just because of the beam going around, just had me thinking of Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> Gives him a Grimace shake. Mean Gene. All right, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm picturing a very sad Ric Flair. Mean woo by God Gene over Gene. Mean (laughs) woo. A bunch of purple mess. Back at Gene. Anyway, uh, Prince Ike gets real erotic. There's a lot of sexual tension and sexuality in this segment, as well as the match that comes up later. But mostly with just the artist and himself. (laughs) I don't really get that he's like... What's to like do anything with anybody? He it's really, just like he wants to be sexy. Yeah, I don't think he knows how to be. Se- he he licked her knee at one point, or he went to, but he didn't quite yeah. get to the knee. We, we just saw tongue. I don't we, know. We discussed this a little bit. Where his apathy towards this gimmick is coming off a bit like aloofness, but there's just so much and nothing at all going on in this gimmick. Oh, it's fantastic! I love it. <laughs> I don't know how. I love Taff Cabby. I think he's great. Oh, he does, um, he does call himself a cool new nickname at the end of this. Do you remember? <laughs> Psycho sexy. Yes. So. The character work is unmatched. 10 out of 10. Yeah, he was hyping up. He has a uh, cruiserweight tournament match on Thunder, which he wins. We're still doing the fucking cruiserweight tournament? Yes, because they said at the beginning of it, the finals are going to be at Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus. I think it's going to be the Raging Cajun, Lash LaRue, versus the artist formerly known as Prince Agatha. Raging Cajun versus Taff Cappy at Super Bowl? What a time. Tell me this company's struggling. <laughs> That's going to be a great match. Well. With the, a, call that like, what if there's like a maestro run in? <laughs> That's the dream No, match. he has his own shit going on later. We'll get to him. But we get a Taff Cappy in a match. It is Kidman with Tori and Vampiro versus Taff Cappy and La fucking Parka. Nick marched so hard when he <laughs> I, came I, out. I, I screamed. You I'm did? Like, <laughs> my boy. It came from my fucking gut. Just like, you. Talking about the fucking steak and blowjobs pop. That's what I did for fucking La Parca. Oh my god. It's the La Parca pop. But Vampiro comes out to what I'm pretty sure is a new theme and a new vest. Was it a new vest? I haven't seen the vest before. Oh, okay. Dressed up for the occasion. But when La Parca comes out, Tony has to like explain the joke of he's the chairman. The chairman! <laughs> Mark's like, the chair- oh, I get it. The it's man like- with a chair. Yeah. He also has some like different gear i didn't think the gear was that different it's more white than usual it's usually more like skeleton based this was more like a, a design yeah. i'm happy he's here i'm thrilled he's here kidman hits a head scissor to the artist early on the parker does the dance five stars five ten out of ten honestly vampiro no sells an interfering kick which like throws the match off its rhythm because the parker's like well that's the spot so i didn't have a move ready <laughs> spin kick to la parka sends him to the floor but like but he just, like, slumps. He hits, like, every rope and then just, like... And, like, falls out of him. He just plops out. Ugh, what a guy. Very blatant flying nothing from the artist. 
We then get a cat fight on the outside between Tori and Paisley. Oh no. Kidman breaks it up but misses a tag that Vampiro could have made. Kidman does manage to tag in and Vampiro is pissed about the previous tag so he just leaves. What a mature man. Kidman factured in sky high but the numbers game catches up to Kidman and Prince Iakea wins hitting a diving DDT. Paisley crawls towards the artist and Leparka's also here. The sexuality is just, yeah. it's too much. And honestly, Leparka did most of the work in that match. You know what it is? Paisley and the artist don't have chemistry. No, but Paisley's hot. Yeah. Like, she could. She could have chemistry with him, but they, I just... Look, she's, she's going to get with Booker here soon. There's more chemistry between these two than there is Symphony and Maestro. Yeah. The bar's low. Yeah, it's a, bar, it's a low they bar. They are above that bar. This match wasn't bad. Wasn't I any... really liked it. Honestly, I... My main note was it gave the artist some, like, much-needed credibility. It's like, oh, he pinned Billy Kidman. Like, you know, the numbers game caught up, but, like, at the end of the day, he still holds a win over Billy Kidman. Yeah. And they noted, like, oh, yeah, he just pinned a former Cruiserweight champion. So, like... Let's go, Taft. I think I, he's my favorite to win between him and Lash. I think this was the most fun match that we've watched so far. Like, just, like, for showmanship, I think this is the best one so far. Backstage, we see Terry Funk getting ready for his match. And we get Kevin Nash talking on the phone and has decided that tonight's main event is now a title match. And both of us were like, oh, well, that kind of fucking kills that. Yeah, it did kind of like circumvent any kind of like excitement for character development or anything. Yeah. Elsewhere backstage, we get the Mamelukes showing up to Vito's sister's wedding, which is happening backstage. For some reason. Yeah. But it was really sweet, though. Before we show up to that wedding, Johnny the Bull and Vito were talking to Disco and they're just like, you know, we're just having a really hard time right now. Like, we're homesick. Like, he just wants a fucking sandwich. Like, we're just tired. And Disco's like, no, I got something for you. Like, it was really, it was like a sweet little gift from Disco. Of like, no, I, I have something that'll, like, cheer you up. And I got the wedding. It was yeah. very nice. I don't know why it's backstage in Nitro, but. Remember when these two were, like, pouring sauce all over each other? They didn't pour it all over each other. Well, Disco poured it on them. That's kind of each other. Oh, true. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Johnny the Bull still wants a cheese sandwich. They they see everybody at the wedding. They give them all hugs and kisses. Vito gives the priest a high five, which made me laugh. And like, it was just like a sweet moment. It was really sweet. Mamelukes just kind of seem like faces now. I think they are. I think they're faces now. We go to commercial, come back, and Vito gives his sister a thick envelope of cash. He's like, use this for a down payment on a house. In today's economy, that wouldn't be enough. But yeah, it was just very much like the standard Italian wedding. But I'm like, this is just endearing. It was very sweet. I liked it a lot. We'll come back to this a couple times. We got a interesting matchup next. Not one I think we would have predicted going into this show. No, but you know, it makes sense. We get Rhonda Monster Ripper Singh versus Mona. She's back. Two people that we've not seen in a minute. One of which I didn't know came back at all. Mona still comes out in the ball gown, but you know, it zips off or rips off whatever. And it's so like what is the tire. story with Rhonda Singh? Do you know anything about her? I know very like, little about her. Why Rhonda is she Singh. called the Monster Ripper? Why is she still here? I think just to give her a cool name. I need more backstory. <laughs> I don't have it for you. I'll work on that for next time we see them. But the fact that she's still here after that horrible story they put her through with the Nitro Girls. Like, I guess wrestling for women is really hard to come by jobs these days. Because, like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, at this point, if you want to go somewhere legitimate, it's like Japan is kind of the yeah. main option. That was just, I would never have come back. I they mean, do seem to be a little bit nicer to her this time around. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what their contract situation is. They might have just still been under contract, not being used, which is very common in WCW. I mean, I guess. So Oklahoma comes out because, of course, we can't have nice things. We can't have a women's match. He says he found a role for Medusa in the new women's division. She's the referee. Surprise! 
She and she's comes, not a good one. She's a bad referee. Not re- but also comes out like not looking mad that she's the ref. Like no. she should be pouting more or less. I don't think less. she gives a shit. I think she's lost the ability to care. Ronda Singh dominates early on, but Mona gets some offense with her quickness. Mona manages to hit a springboard crossbody, but Medusa just forgets to count the pin. It's like, oh yeah, I have to do something. Yeah, she does. That's what I'm saying. She's a bad referee. Missile drop kick from Mona. Medusa and Singh get into it, and Oklahoma interferes. Because of course he does. So this like knocks down Medusa. So Oklahoma counts the pin after helping Singh cheat because he's. So, he was like, on commentary. He, we just ignored that. He and Rhonda Singh seem to have some sort of like partnership, or they kiss at the end. They do. They kiss. So he keeps calling her like, "That's my girl. That's my girl." Like they seem to be in cahoots. Yeah, I kind of fantasy booked this in my head of like, okay, Oklahoma's gonna be the manager for Rhonda Singh, who's this large woman that no one can take down, and like you know, eventually they're gonna do a Medusa match. I don't know if they're ever gonna get that far. No, I don't think so. But like, I'm like, okay. There is a route they can take that this will work, but I just don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? And the problem is, like, I'm sure Ronda Singh and Mona could have a decent match, but there's I'm sure they could. so much bullshit around it that I'm like, well, it didn't stand a chance. We know that Mona can work. We know she can wrestle. And I'm sure Ronda Singh can also wrestle. We know she can go eventually. It's That's the problem with some of this is, like, I don't know what stage in, like, her development of talent she is right now because... She never gets a chance to shine. So it's like, all right. Yeah, like, that's true. How good is she? Or is she still learning? Is she still working up to getting good? Yeah, because she goes to WWE in 2001. And, yeah, that's not that long and, and, now. Well, I was saying, and it like it's thrown right into the uh, Molly Holly, Spike Dudley kind of story. So. Yeah. But like, you know, isn't known for putting on a bunch of matches then. And then she becomes Mighty Molly. I wonder if she and Shane are friends right now. We go backstage, back to the wedding. Big Vito introduced Disco to his grandmother. Jared of the Bull still wants a cheese sandwich, and they're like, what are you saying? Come on, look at all this great Italian food. You still want this sandwich? <laughs> yeah, he gets scolded by what I can assume is, like, his mother. Uh, I think it's Vito's mom. is like, oh, oh, you're killing me, and, like, you're, like, a killer, and what's that backwards? I don't know. <laughs> Emily has grown silent. <laughs> You've proven you can do this podcast on your own, so I might as well just shut up. I did like Vito's grandmother giving him shit. Like, why are you always spitting? You got to stop with that. Was that his grandmother? I thought that was his mom. No, his mom was in the yellow. She just didn't look that much older. No, that admittedly she did not. Um, But it was like the front row. They're getting you spit all over them. Come on. And he's trying to explain to her like, no, it's a thing. He's like, oh, no. Okay, I'll I'll try not to. I I promise. Appease you, grandmother. Elsewhere backstage, Jeff Jarrett tells the general group that he's like, ah, cool, it's title match tonight. They're going to announce it during the next match. That's after the next match, but sure. Go off. Terry Funk and Lex Luger head towards the ring for their match. But first, we get an interview with Ric Flair. Woo! It's me and Gene backstage with the Flairster. You want to try that again? <laughs> nope. Um, I would like you to try that again. Uh, you were ready for a mean woo by God, Gene. He did not I give was. it to you. I was. I did not get one. Flair says the match with Hogan isn't a big deal because Hogan doesn't matter anymore. Yes, you're correct. He then tells Funk that Luger's going to break him in two, and he tells Hogan to bring the red and yellow. Woo. Got him. Well, Flair is not going to bring the red, but we'll get to that later. There was none. There was none. We get the total package versus Terry Funk. Total package. During the entrances, it's announced that Terry Funk versus Ric Flair at Super Brawl is going to be a death match. I'm sure there'll be no blood in that match. We were talking about this. So if, like, we're not sure if blood is actually allowed anymore. But um, 
So I'm wondering if blading is not allowed anymore, but like they're still going to find ways to bleed. Yeah, I pulled the old Bret Hart. Yeah. No, it's hard way, I swear. Going above your eye, though, like that is so like risky. Because like if you go like slightly too low, you could really fuck something up. Well, I mean, go, eyebrow. Like, like they usually go like like, like like right on the eyebrow. Like like that bone right there. Like yeah. they go there. But like if you're doing it quickly, you gotta be really careful. Yeah. I would freak out. So the total package does his entrance, and Terry Funk sneaks in and rips Luger's pants off to where it hits Luger in the balls and then hits I the loved punches. That. I thought that was oh great. yeah, no, it was a cute little moment. They brawl to the outside. Funk Funk grabs a table, but only half sets it up. Like it's like legs up. Face face down, legs up. Face down, ass, legs. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Luger finishes setting it up and then press slams Terry Funk through it. Luger puts Funk in the ring and starts working over the lower back. Luger signals for the torture rack, but Funk hits a low blow and a DDT. I'd say DQ on the low blow, but he got put through a table earlier. I yeah, It's hard. I don't know. Funk misses a moonsault and Liz throws a chair in the ring and the ref is like, all right, I see what's happening here. Fucking DQ. Just, we're Bring just the bell, we're done. This is it. <laughs> Which, a small part of me that's like, the rules. But like, smart refereeing, it's like, all right, this is about to fucking fall apart. Yeah. Let's just. I'm, I give up. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling it early. I'm going to the back. I'm having a smoke. So it's a DQ. Luger hits Funk with the chair over the head and he goes to pulmonize the wrist. But Arn Anderson comes out. And just sneaks the chair out real quick. Just like it's a disappointed dad. Like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. Yeah. Get back in the car. We're going home. Commentary notes. It's like, oh, Arn Anderson helping out Terry Funk here. Because Ric Flair wanted Funk hurt. And last week, Arn said, I'm done with all this. So. He can't keep himself away. Yeah. So I assume we'll get some sort of Arn interference on Sunday. Yeah, probably. Admittedly, I don't know which direction. The fact that he helped funk here makes me think it's going to be a swerve he's going to i wonder if he's just going to come out and be like enough of all of this this is stupid everybody stop it the problem is i know he doesn't wrestle a real match going forward because i'd be like we just takes both out triple threat (laughs) we'll have to wait till sunday for that backstage mean gene informs us that the main event is indeed a title match it's a u.s title match and i'm like all right they they got me i was that was a really good swerve like i was very impressed with like how we were both so god. I, well, I think part of the reason we got so god is a bad thing where we just forgot that Jerry was U.S. champion. That too, yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. But no, that made me so happy. And I thought that was a great use of Kevin Nash and like his power, I guess. Like, yeah. I said it was a title match, but I didn't tell you what title. <laughs> like, I thought that was fantastic. Jared is pissed. Nash says he needs some medicine and gets some whipped cream sprayed in his mouth. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, I can't decide if I hate Kevin Nash. I know. I that's love the problem. Kevin Nash. It's so hard. Like, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but like, if I have the opportunity to meet Kevin Nash, I really don't know how I'll feel. Yeah. Will I be mad at him or will I be like, you? <laughs> Elsewhere backstage, Sid cackles over the title news. He's kind <laughs> yeah. of been lost in the shuffle the past couple weeks. Sid? Yeah. I mean, he's had some good matches. But he's the champion. And I feel like it's a, he's just a player in the, in the NWO storyline. So you're telling me that you're surprised that the heavyweight champion is not always on TV and always defending his title and that he just kind of falls into the background? You're saying that it's a bad thing? Uh, you know I am. Huh. Huh. 2023, take note. We go back to the wedding. They're doing the bouquet toss and Daphne catches the bouquet. <laughs> David and Crowbar are here to crash the wedding and smash the cake and beat down. They just like destroy the, the whole wedding. Yeah. 
Daphne catching the bouquet. That was pretty great. Yeah. Because it was like, it was like, oh, perfect start to the chaos. Oh, Daphne's here. Oh, no. Mark Madden said something on commentary that did make me laugh, though. Because he was like, a cake at a wedding got thrown at somebody that wasn't part of the wedding? That could never happen. Impossible. We, then we go to Harlem Heat versus David Flair and Crowbar versus the Mamelukes in a triple threat tag team match for the tag team titles. David Crowbar and Daphne come out still covered in cake. Yes. And they're like licking cake off of themselves. And it's it's fun. I like it. So for whatever reason, over the weekend, uh, the Mamelukes lost the belt to the Harris boys and then won it back. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if it was like a botch or just like a way to pop the crowd. I think it was I mean, probably a way to, bo- to pop the crowd. I mean, it, it, it's Germany. I don't think they'd be excited about the Harris boys. Ah, getting, no. Um, <laughs> but no, it has happened before, like during a house show circuit. Though, there's just like a like the wrong team accidentally wins and they have yeah. to like reset it. Yeah, you've said. Yeah, they just want it back. So The one house show we went to, I was really hoping that something like that was going to happen. Or like some kind of like weird trade-off of titles, but... The house we went to was right before the holidays, and nobody was trying to be any any remote way of, like, trying hard. The only other thought I can think of is that they want to do a story of the NWO holding all the gold and then bailed on, bailed on it within a day. Maybe. That would make sense. Yeah, because we'll talk about why a, a plan like that might not be able to happen at the end of the show. Yeah. Anyway, match. When Harley he come out, they come out with Jay Biggs, and he's in even more casts and braces. Yeah, how? How does he keep getting more casts? Is he still getting hit? Like, I feel like he's going to have, come, like, he's going to come out in a wheelchair next week. Every day I break my legs and every night I break my arms. <laughs> Jay Biggs about to get a whole bunch of chocolate. <laughs> it's like the fourth Spongebob reference we made. <laughs> Nick, we're almost 30. We gotta stop quoting Spongebob no, so don't. much. But yeah, so the Mama Luke's attack, Flair and Crowbar mid-entrance. Get to the ring. Vito hits a big vertical suplex. And people just kind of start brawling in the ring. Big T still looks big as a goddamn house. Yeah. But in a bad way. Yeah, he doesn't look big muscly. He looks big like he's had a big meal. Yeah, like we said it before, we're watching Raw 97. That's two different men. Big boy discovered McDonald's and has never turned back. And I realize there is a a large issue with Harlem Heat 2000. Hmm. Both of these men are in the camp of do one move, tag out. Yeah. Do one move, yeah. tag out. And like, oh no. They have lost their uh, their key player. Did someone here Crowbar is wearing Johnny the Bull's hat? Yeah, so Crowbar steals Johnny the Bull's hat at one point. He's just like wearing it on his head. And there's a point where he's in the corner and Charles Robinson's in front of Crowbar. Crowbar takes Johnny the Bull's hat off of himself, puts it on Charles Robinson. And Charles Robinson looks around like he just got blinded. Like, oh, what was that? Refs are glass. <laughs> so, so funny. Crowbar tags in and like throws David Flair out of the ring, and I'm like, what? Didn't amount to anything. Just a weird kind of moment. Botched slapjack from Stevie Ray gets no reaction. Like that's your finisher. That should get something. If it was a bad slapjack though, it wasn't even like good. David hits Stevie with the crowbar behind the referee's back, and Vito goes for his big DDT. Then goes, wait, that's not the finish, and then locks him into a small package and gets the win. Yay! Harlem Heat beat down the Mamelukes, and Big T almost breaks Vito's neck. Like, Jesus. Yeah, but he keeps doing that same move to everyone in the ring. And I'm like, fucking stop. None of these are good. Stop doing that. You're going to hurt somebody. So Harlem Heat are done. And then David Flair and Crowbar come in to beat up the Mamelukes. It's like, I know the whole thing of like, okay, you lose in your hometown, but you won, but then you had to pay the price. Yeah. I don't understand that. 
Then the mamus gets stretched out and the family watches and just weeps They're backstage. just sobbing at the television. So dramatically Italian. I love it. Any thoughts on that match before we move on? I actually thought it was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's it had some highlights. It's fine. Yeah, it had some, it had some high points. Backstage, Mean Gene interviews Canyon and his champagne problems. I forgot that I called them that, damn it. Well, I think these are different women that he comes out oh, with Oh, it later. doesn't matter. It's just the women that are with Canyon are his champagne problems. And Canyon has a Jimmy King like commemorative belt, which Jimmy King is the name of the main character in Ready to Rumble. Ah, uh, yes. Which I don't think they've said, so that belt should just make no sense to it anybody. It's an Easter egg. But you need to know, the movie hasn't come out yet. Yeah, it's something that you go back and look on and be like, oh my god, Easter egg. Yeah, but Easter eggs aren't appearing at fucking Valentine's Day going, ah. Mm-hmm. So Gene mentions that, like, we're in the Mecca, which they're using a little bit of transitive property there because it's been deemed that Madison Square Garden is, like, the Mecca of pro wrestling. Therefore, yes. New York is the Mecca. Long Island is in New York. Therefore, Long yeah. Island is the Mecca. Yeah, you're right. And that is some. That is, like... <laughs> textbook transitive property <laughs> canyon is like no hollywood's the mecca and none of none of you are hollywood especially dustin Rhodes. oh my daddy abandoned me oh i'm so sad like what's this <laughs> fucking turn so that's a match later bam bam gets psyched up headed to the ring backstage the mamluks are about to get stretchered into an ambulance but then they get off but then Vito gets off the stretcher and is like, no, you two get up. Come on, we're gonna Get me Mean Gene. Yeah. I need him right now. They demand to talk to Mean Gene. For then, let's go to our hardcore title match. It is Bam Bam Bigelow versus The Wall. Why? Bam Bam somehow comes out in an even worse shirt than some of the last few weeks. Just the, the, the sleeves are too long. I'm like, bud. He's doing fine. He was chilly. He's wearing long sleeves. Why is your answer to everything? He was chilly! Bam Bam comes out with a bin full of weapons. The wall just comes out with a ladder. He's just like holding a ladder. Which says something about like WCW interview or something. Like it was very clearly a backstage ladder. Yeah, I'm not sure it was like a a work ladder. Like you mean worked ladder? Because I think it was a work ladder. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it didn't seem like a worked ladder. Like it wasn't going to collapse on you. That looked like something that you would actually use to actually hang up actual lights in the ring. Which I've done with those ladders, and boy, they are flimsy. Yeah, that scares me. Don't ever tell me those stories. I wasn't going that high for what it's worth. Good. And you know how to take a bump, right? I don't know. I can figure it out, right? <laughs> yeah, while you're in the air, figure it out. We get a trash can shot to Bam Bam Bigelow. Bonk. And the wall yeets a ladder at Bam Bam, but misses. Like, he really he chucks, chucks that, that thing. thing. He yeets that thing. Like, he was trying to do damage. Thank God Bam Bam's quick. Bam Bam misses a diving headbutt, and the wall hits kendo stick shots. The wall grabs a table, but Bam Bam smashes it into the wall's face before he can get it into the ring, mm. and then hits a chair shot. We had a symbol-style shot with trash can lids that to Bam Bam Bigelow. Cool match, yeah. And then Bam Bam gets laid across the table with, like, both legs just on the ground. Like, huh, wonder if he's going to get get put through it. Nah, I don't think so. The wall goes up top, but it stops with a flapjack through the table from the top rope. Greetings from Asbury Park gets the win for Bam Bam Bigelow. Woo! Post-match, Nobs attacks Bam Bam, and then the wall hits a chokeslam to Bam Bam to end the segment. This was a bit of fun. You know, we were always game for a little bit of hardcore. Oh, yeah. I like the hardcore matches. Yeah. I I always wish they had a little more time to breathe so they could, like, sell or, like, set up some more fun spots as opposed to just mindless brawling. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, I'm with you. They're usually quick and inoffensive, so I'm not going to complain. Right. Backstage, Gene is with the Mamelukes. Vito gets fired up and sets up an Italian stretcher match against David Flair and Crowbar for the pay-per-view. 
He like apologizes to his mother before he does it. Too. It's like, I'm sorry, we gotta do it. Italian stretcher match. <laughs> then we get a segment that's cut from Peacock. The Nitro Girls in Valentine's Day costumes, which can you describe these costumes for me? So it's three hearts. And the three hearts are strategically covering three specific places on the women. They're oversized hearts. They're large. Yeah. So there's not a lot of skin showing. Yeah. Each, but each, each boob. Each and... boob gets a heart and then the vagina gets a heart. I don't remember if there was one on the butt. No, there was not. Okay. So it was just a front heart. Yeah. Because we were trying to figure out the general material based on... People were like, is this lingerie? But then the butt just looked like re- wrestling tights. Yeah. I think these were just so heart we're... bikinis. But bikinis always look like wrestling tights. So it was like a weird middle ground. I think you're looking far too deeply into the material of the panties. I'm looking too deep into the butt. I think so. So, yeah, they do a Nitro Girls dance. Nothing too crazy. But we cut away mid-dance. Like, what the fuck? It's like, oh, Hulk Hogan's doing a radio interview. Cool. Oh, yeah. They did cut away mid-dance, didn't they? Yeah. I thought that was, like, the end of the dance. but I mean, it was towards the end. It must but have been, yeah. still, like, it wasn't like, okay, they've ended and we quickly cut away. It was like, no, we cut away before the end. This is the end. first time we've seen the Nitro Girls in so long. So, I don't know if it was this radio show or a different one. Hulk Hogan keeps getting in trouble, actually, to this day, because of radio shows. Really? Radio show hosts. Well... Who's bringing him on his radio show in, this, like, in today's day and age? Well, I don't know if you realize this. The tape that got Hulk Hogan in trouble was him banging his friend's wife, who was a radio host. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's weird that the main takeaway from a Hulk Hogan sex tape being leaked of him him banging his buddy's wife was, hey, here's this random racist tirade he goes on. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, how is that the news of that? But the man's he, an enigma. But he went on a different radio show, and uh, he confirmed that he still has creative control, and was pretty much like, I don't really plan on losing, brother. Yeah. Like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, that sounds about right, though. Got a few matches left. Let's go to our next one. It's Dustin Rhodes versus Chris Champagne Canyon. A bit of backstage news. Canyon actually, at this point, asked for his release. Really? P- partially because of Hulk Hogan. Really? Hulk Hogan going on interviews, burying Billy Kidman. Canyon and Kidman are friends, and it's like, okay, well, clearly, like, none of the mid guys are ever going to get a fucking push, so I want to leave here. He's not wrong. He doesn't end up leaving, but I, it sounds like he gets a raise. So well, that's good. Yeah, he got at least something out of it. I was afraid you were going to say that Hogan was saying something like homophobic or like that toward him. Yeah, no. Look, it's still vague to this day how many people knew. Yeah. yeah. Or even at this point, how much he knew. Fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like that, though. That's a very like noble reason to leave. Like, you're, I clearly have no future here. Yeah, it's like my buddy who is, you know. He's the top talent here, and yeah, he's or, still not going to get that. Yeah, he's not getting it, so I'm not going to. Yeah. He's right, though. I mean, Billy Kidman deserves way more of a push than he's getting. And I know he's getting yeah. a push, but he needs more. Even then, he's Billy Kidman. He's, he's just feuding with Vampiro. Is that a push? It was more of a push a couple weeks ago. It stopped. Yeah. Honestly, like, I love him. He needs to get away from Tori because now every time he comes out, all of the focus is on Tori and it's not on him. The problem is Tori can't do a promo. And Billy Kidman kind of can't do a promo. If Tori, if Tori was like Lana, I'd be like, okay, well. Sure, sure. If she was in more of a managerial role and not just an eye candy role, then maybe she could stay. But right now, she's kind of holding him back. So Dustin Rhodes comes out to the ring with a song that I'm pretty sure is like the seventh theme. And I'm like, what this fucking sounds like Hazy Maze Cave in, in Mario 64. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. You could tell me that this was the seventh theme. You could tell me it's not. I just don't have that kind of an ear for remembering generic music. <laughs> Canyon's ladies are apparently the Nitro Girls coming out in the heart bikinis. Yeah, so this is kind of what piqued our interest, because this part was on 
Peacock, but the Nitro Girl segment wasn't. So the girls came out and were like, oh, there's something. And the girls in the interview earlier were like, we think we're different from the ones he came out with. Yeah, yeah, they were. The whole thing. Like, what's happening? Dustin interrupts Canyon mid-promo. Canyon grabs a padded chair and the ref stops from using it. So Canyon chases the ref around ringside until Dustin hits a clothesline. Dustin hits a running bulldog in the ring and sets up for Shattered Dreams, stalls for a long while, and then hits it. Like, oh. Yeah. His whole look during this match was also quite weird. Yeah, he had like a red, he's like leather pants and like a red vest over a different like black leather tank top. Yeah, it was very strange. And then his hair was all weird. I don't know. I didn't love it. He hits a pop-up Uranagi and gets the pin. Woo! We immediately cut away to Ric Flair. They're like, no, nah, we're done with this match. Immediately. Like, yeah, that wasn't worth it. Goodbye. And you wonder why your mid-card aren't happy. It wasn't like Ric Flair doing anything. It was no, like, he was just walking. He was just backstage. Yeah, Mean Gene interviewing Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart. Woo! Hogan goes straight into 80s mode. This was just a classic Hogan promo. Well, he's like, I'm going to bury Ric Flair and, and Lex Luger. Brother. And I'm going to bury their bodies in the Hudson Brothers. Like, what? Like, way too violent, but very classic Hogan. Then see Booker heading towards the ring for a match against the Demon, but first he has to stop by Mean Gene. Mean Gene's here to interview Booker T. Wait, nope. <laughs> he didn't get the memo. He didn't correct himself. Tony, no, he didn't. Tony does later, yeah. and it's like... <laughs> but, like, all Gene asks him about is, like, what are you going to do about that bad music? Your Leave It to Beaver music. Yeah. Which we're pretty sure is a new theme from last week. It is. It's a different song. But Booker's like, you know what? No, I like the song because it motivates me to like kick Harlem Heat's ass. And I'm like, okay. I'll take it. I like you making the best of a bad situation. Yeah. So let's do the Demon versus Booker T. Demon fresh off his three second loss to Bam Bam Bigelow on let's Thunder. Let's go. Which I told you about. You saw it. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, it was pretty bad. No Midnight out here with Booker. Midnight also asked for her release. I don't blame her. But she got it. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I'm going to go WWE. And they're like, no, no, no. Pass. <laughs> it's a shame. I, I still stand by. I think she had potential that was never realized. During the Demon's entrance, Tony Schiavone mentions that Kiss is currently on their farewell tour. And by currently, I mean in 2000. I don't mean in 2023, where they are still tour. They are currently on a new farewell tour. They were in Baltimore like a few months ago. They're going back. Yeah, they're going back probably to CFG. So Booker comes out with his new theme song, which I'm saying is different from last week. And I think is different from the week before as well. Booker dominates early, including a scissor kick, spinneroonie, and wins with a whipping spine buster. Holy fuck, the demon's a jobber. It's bad. It's so bad. Because, like, they put a lot of money into this character and to this, this gimmick. And... This is what they're doing with it. By the way, he, so I, I I did check. He's going to be on Super Raw in his special main event. Oh. And Emily, do you want to guess out of 11 matches what number the special main event is? Three. Four. I was going to say four. <laughs> Damn it. Ugh. I knew it was going to be smack in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> Not a main event. <laughs> it's totally a main event. We're, out, we're calling it a main event, so it's a main event. It must be a main event. You're right. How foolish I am. Ric Flair heads to the ring, as does Hogan, in a different shirt than his promo shirt earlier. And yeah, this is the tearaway one. Wait, he could have wore that to the promo. Meh. That's not a reason. Oh, it's Michael Buffer time. Yeah. We haven't seen this man in a long while. It's Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. Nothing on the line. But Ric Flair comes out in a very shiny red and silver robe. 
And it's been a while for us, much like Michael Buffer, but Emily... Who's that Pokemon? Emily, who you got for this one? I feel like there was only one real correct answer. Oh. Delibird. Oh, Delibird! Is that what you said? <laughs> I did have a secondary reason. What's your, what's your reason? Oh, your reason, yeah. yeah. This is the only answer. So, Delibird is a garbage Pokemon. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's Delibird, because Ric Flair ain't fucking winning this battle. <laughs> I did also put Score Bunny on there as like a secondary, but only because the picture I saw of Score Bunny, it looked more layered in the colors. Oh, yeah, he's his... a lot more white. Yeah, but it looked more like striped in the picture that I found. So I was like, oh, this is kind of like more of a striped red and white robe, whatever. But Delibird's the answer. Well, I was going to say, Delibird's uh, signature move is a move called Present. And uh, Ric Flair is often giving out presents called alimony to his ex-wives. Ah, <laughs> there you go. How giving. <laughs> We also did time to blade on this just to get all of the old gimmicks in. <laughs> it, look, it's Flair versus Hogan. We're gonna get you our gimmicks get in. Get them all out, brother. There's no blood in this match. I'm shocked. And this is where we we're saying, considering the last time I can remember we did did a Flair time to blade, or at least should have. Mm-hmm. He got in trouble because he wasn't supposed to blade. So I think because of Turner's standards and practices, not Lenny and Lodi's standards and practices, I don't think they're supposed to. That said. We are 100% going to try again at Super Brawl because I There's do not believe that be Terry blind. Funk and Ric Flair aren't blading for their match. They're going to blade 100%. Or they're going to do what I said and like try to fake it hard way. And then just get in trouble because it's blatant they didn't. We'll see. <laughs> so they do the Flair versus Hogan match and you know exactly what this match is. But for what it is or for what I was expecting it to be, it's a lot more high energy. I was expecting this to be bear hugs, corner work, nothing, just styling, profiling, Hogan posing. I didn't think this was going to be anything. And I actually really enjoyed this because they were actually moving and doing stuff and had energy. They did a couple of lines backstage before they came out and they like showed that energy. What, line dances? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, admittedly, it did start early on with a, like a test of strength with one hand and Flair's like, ah! And yeah. then hit some chops, big back body drop to Flair and then Flair's clothesline to the floor. They brawl around ringside. Back inside, Hogan just, like, chokes Flair, so Flair low blows him where the ref can't see. Flair goes after the knee of Hogan, which leads into the figure four, but Hogan reverses the pressure, but Flair manages to slip out. Flair goes up top and was sure to be a five-star frog splash, but Hulk Hogan stops him. Chops to Hogan, but Hogan no-sells and mildly hulks up. This is not the big Hulk up spot. Get a ten-punch spot and a bite. Flare turnbuckle spot and a suplex from the apron. So when the bite happened, that's when I was like, oh, he's 100% going to blade here. Like, that's that's a good reason. He's going to go out on the side of the, of the ring and blade. Like, this is after my time to yeah, blade, but I was like, oh, maybe. Because he, he gets done to the floor and you're like, oh, Oh, that's it. Happen. He's doing it right there. And then, nope. Flare hurts his back going for a suplex. And then Hogan throws the ref out of the way. And Flare grabs some brass knucks and hits Hulk Hogan. He doesn't go for the pin. Instead, Jimmy Hart comes out and Flare decks him. Kind of seemed like... Jimmy Hart missed his cue there because... It's hard to tell. Yeah. I don't know. He's also kind of unnecessary for that part. He but is, but easier. Flair hits an elbow drop to Hogan, and Hogan does the, like, all right, you're pinning me. My hands are, like, at my chest ready to throw you yeah. off. I'm like, okay, here we go. Hogan hulks up, big boot, leg drop, total package. Lex Luger's here? Before Flair can get pinned, total package interferes. <laughs> I thought you meant total package is, like, a move. No. <laughs> well, he interferes. Yeah. Luger breaks up the pin, despite the fact of, like, Flair was clearly about to lose. I hate that spot. Yeah. It doesn't bother me as much. It just seems lazy to do, like, the equivalent of an entire, like, 99.9% of the match. I'm like, oh, no. Bolt, n- fuck that finish. Yeah. 
Jimmy Hart hits Luger with a cast, but Elizabeth stops the second shot. Terry Funk comes out and then just gets like beat down because Hogan doesn't need anybody. He just clears house all on his own. Yeah. Then he celebrates for fucking ages as Funk and Flair brawl like up the ramp until Ric Flair bails. Yeah. Hogan's still celebrating, and Luger comes in with a bat, has to, like, stand behind Hogan for a full minute. Just, like, waiting for Hogan to turn around or, like, realize that he's there. Yeah, I feel like you probably could have just done some sort of back shot. Yeah, definitely. But this felt like the end of the show. It, this it did. felt like old school, like, when I say old school, like, when we first started watching, it felt like everybody's coming to the ring, we're bum-rushing the ring, everybody's here, it's a beatdown, oh, we gotta cut off, we gotta time, by. Yeah, and, and Luger still has his, like, heat segment here, because... He just comes back into the ring with the bat and is like, all right, beat down Hogan, pilmanize the wrist, do yeah. that. It's like, what? Yeah. It felt like a different segment. I'm like, wait, what? It did. It would have been different if Luger wasn't in this match. But the fact that Luger left and then just came back. It's right, like, what? right. So Hogan's wrist is hurt going into the pay-per-view. This match was what you expected, but I would say agreed, not boring. No. Would you, are you assuming that Hogan's wrist is broken? Because everybody else who's gotten their arm pulmonized has been Oh, yeah. He's going to wrestle on the cast. In the, okay. He doesn't need his wrist for the big boot, brother. All right. Plus, Hogan has to, you know, overcome the odds. Well, I was thinking he's going to overcome the odds of like, yeah, you can hit me, but you can't take me out. But like, he won't, he'll be the only one that didn't get his wrist broken because he's so big <laughs> and so strong. No, I think he's going to have the cast. Yeah. Backstage, Mean Gene interviews Sid. Sid says everything Jared has tried has backfired. And Sid's going to win because he is the master and ruler of the world. Jeff Jarrett heads to the ring and Kevin Ash is on the phone. I guess that doesn't really play into anything. No. We didn't get a Super Raw ad talking about like, oh, the power of NWO 2000, Kevin Nash. Like, but are you watching the show? Yeah, they made this co- this commercial a long time ago before they knew what the story was going to be. And then we get another segment before the main event cut from Peacock. It's the cat coming out. Apparently, he's promised James Brown was going to be here. Yeah, we missed that. But everyone's like, Mean Gene calls him a liar because James Brown's not here. They didn't mention it all during the broadcast? Not at all. Well, I think like he invites Mean Gene into the ring and then is like, Mean Gene, get out of here. Yeah. Everyone's about to be annoyed for you for being a liar. He's like, oh, James Brown is here, but he's nervous because he's never performed in front of rednecks. Which is just not true. So the captain does his dance to a new James Brown song. The maestro interrupts and says, Cat can go toe-to-toe with the stro. I love that one. And then the cat chases off the maestro, and that's it. That's it. Why did that get cut? I, I think it was because it was a James Brown song. I guess they didn't want to dub. It's just easier to... I don't know. Let's go to the main event. Okay. It is Jeff Jarrett versus Sid Vicious for the U.S. title. Jarrett attacks Sid from behind once Sid has finished his entrance, but Sid clotheslines Jarrett twice, and they brawl to the outside. Jarrett gets thrown into the announcers, and they're like, oh, shit. And then Sid hits Jarrett with the chair. DQ? Yeah. What? To add to that, they go into the ring, and the ref, like, makes sure to clear the chair out of there. So Jarrett low blows Sid behind the referee's back. DQ. Behind the ref's back. It's it's fine. Still. Sleeper from Jarrett. We get the two arm drops, but Sid powers back up, but not in the fun way you you like. (laughs) Jarrett goes for a diving axe handle, but Sid hits a weird low blow. I wasn't sure what happened here. I think it was, I think it was intended just to be a low blow. I didn't think it was weird. But like Jarrett no sells it. They're like, oh, Jarrett's already back up. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, because Jeff Jarrett's really bad at selling, brother. Sid hits a choke slam, and then we get a ref bump on the power bomb attempt. Like real sloppy. Oh yeah. Sid like, oh, I'm gonna pick him up, and then like had his arm go like all the way out. Yeah, I thought he kicked him. I thought Jeff Jarrett kicked the ref like in the face. We they've done that before. No, this was Sid's hand. Oh okay. I don't know, man. Title shot to Sid, but Sid kicks out of the title belt shot. 
Jared hits the stroke on the ref for some reason. Again, he's attacking the referee. Is that not a DQ? The Harris boys interfered to mild Goldberg chance. <laughs> we get a guitar shot to Sid, and Slick Johnson runs out and counts the pin. Jeff Jarrett retains. Woo! Thoughts on this match before I move on to everything else involved in the end of this <sighs> and all that? This match should not have been the main event. No, yeah, this was really... It was really lame. It was and really like, boring. It wasn't presented like it was a big deal either. No. Like, they did get Michael Buffer, but it didn't feel... Yeah, so Michael Buffer, I'm trying to figure out if he got a double payday. Or is it just like one one show, one check? So let's start with Sid here. Uh, Sid got a concussion from, from that guitar shot. Did he really? Yes. He will be on the pay-per-view. Oh, wow. But apparently, Sid got very angry at Mark Madden. Why? There was a line at some point in the show talking about... How the real feud is between Jeff Jarrett and Scott Hall. And Madden called Sid's like, oh, he's almost like like, like a monkey in the middle there. And Sid's like, why are you calling me a monkey? He got pissed at that? <laughs> People are like, hey, it might have been the concussion talking. Maybe, because that's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, Mark Madden had to apologize. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I need to call you a monkey. <laughs> like, what? How old are we? And we noted no Scott Hall on this show. Mm-mm. We were kind of surprised. I was ready for him to turn up in the main event. Scott Hall. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not for fun reasons. Yeah, Scott Hall had to no show this event because he was not allowed to fly back due to his, like, con- like his, basically his drunken condition. They, like, wouldn't let him on the plane back from Europe. So he missed Nitro. And then he showed up drunk to Thunder to the point where they had to, like, redo plans so many times. That the Thunder taping started 40 minutes late. Additionally, while he was in Europe, he apparently had an argument with a girlfriend of his and like threw a cake in her face or something. Oh. Yeah. Basically a long, messy breakup with this person because he might have, may or may not have cheated on her. It's a whole thing. Okay. Uh, This person is the niece of TNT president Brad Siegel. Oh. Oh. So. Oh, that's not good. I'll spoil it now. Super Brawl is going to be Scott Hall's last appearance in WCW. Really? Period. What? He's gone after Sunday. Because of this incident? It's a mixed bag of because of this incident. He, I don't think he's formally fired for a little while because apparently he gets like hurt. And like, okay, well, you're hurt. We can't fire you. But like basically as soon as you're cleared, you're gone. Wow. That's really sad. Yeah. And he said it was like, yeah, this trip got me fired. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. So that's the main event on Sunday. It's a fun note to end on. <laughs> Yeah, there's not really any uh, pro about that. Yeah. Damn, that's really sad. I'm amazed he's still in the match. It, I mean, they don't I'm do surprised they didn't write him out. Yeah, because they wrote him out this week and it worked. Well, they, just, they didn't even write him out. They just didn't say anything. Yeah. Like, he's advertised for that, so you'd have to do something. Damn. Like, I don't know, put Scott Steiner in instead. Exactly. Yeah. yeah oh, like no, sorry, he's, he's suspended with pay. We can't do that either. Ugh. Wow, <sighs> stay to your roster, man. I know. Oh, man. Woof. Anyway, best bit in MVP? Yeah, I was saying. So How do we get out of this? We, so, so we have that to deal with at Super Brawl, but before then, we need to deal with best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit? Well, I have a lot to choose from, so I need to decide. It um, was a lot of like B minus stuff for me. I think my best bit goes to the um, the Mama Luke's wedding. I think yeah, just like the just general the, segment. The general segment. I am with you. Yeah, I think, I think that was just so fun and different and like. Showed them in a fun light. Yeah, I think yeah, that was the best it was just, I mean, like, and he had the, like, wrestling wedding gone, gone wrong trope. Exactly. So but it was just, like, didn't expect this at all. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I, I like these guys a lot Yeah, more. it was really fun. There were some good things in the show. Yeah. I was not short on best bits. Do you have a worst bit? I don't. 
Neither did I. No. I like nothing here was egregious. Exactly. And Emily, who's your MVP? So I give it to Kevin Nash. For the title belt swerve. Oh, wait. I think that'll be the first time. I know. It got or, me, Or shit, you might have given it to him the other week, too. I think I did. Because I think you've, you've made that comment before. Yeah. No, I gave it to Kevin Nash because of the title belt swerve. Because, like, it was really good at the beginning. And then he took Don't it away and it got me. credit for that. I'm giving him credit for it. Because of the delivery. Yeah. I'll get, I'm giving it to Kevin Nash. Who'd you give it to? I kind of doubled down. I gave it to specifically Vito. Really? I thought Vito was great during all this and is, like, carried all the segments and the match. Okay. He was great. I yeah, I was maybe saying the mom was. I'm like, no, like, actually, look, like, Vito is, like, orchestrating all of these segments. And yeah. it's like, you know, well, it's his sister's wedding. Yeah. No, he was doing well. And you know what? Unfortunately, we already have a house. So I was going to say, like, when your sibling gets married, you give them a down payment on a house. Except for both of our siblings are married and they did not give us any money towards this house. <laughs> yeah. They don't listen. It's fine. But that's it for this episode. Next up, Super Brawl 2000, which is, which is called Super Brawl 2000. It's not just... Super Bowl parentheses 2000. Woo! This is not going to be fun. I don't know, man. I'm not excited. I'm scared. But until that episode, you can listen to all of our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, oh my, uh, Deezer, and iHeartRadio. You cannot listen on Stitcher because apparently Stitcher's going away. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Got an email about that. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Which really throws off my flow for the end of the Yeah, episodes. it really does. <laughs> I was like, shit. But you can follow us on Facebook at Butts in the Seeds Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter as long as it's still alive. And Instagram at Butts in the Pod. We will still keep posting on Twitter as long as it's alive. But we will start transitioning over to threads once I figure that out. Yeah. With that, we'll probably post more on Instagram, too, because they're the same. After the wedding, my brain is going to be so clear that I'm going to have so much more time to do stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, again, when this comes out, we're less than a month out. I know. You're going to be like, I. this podcast knew me before we were engaged. And I feel like I was less tense. Keep posted to the social medias for more on that upcoming Patreon that we keep teasing and not having any info for. We're working on it. We're getting married in a month. Okay, give me a break. <laughs> but Emily, any uh, closing thoughts from the soon-to-be blushing bride? Oh, I'm blushing. No, I'm... I mean, this is going to be a long month of wrestling, yeah, honestly. We, we have, uh, f- this is number one of five episodes that, that we have to have in the can. We are not letting you go without content. Just because we will be soaking up the sun in California for our honeymoon does not mean that you will not hear about WCW in 1999-2000. Yeah, I made that shitty uh, here is a wrestling promise that I'm regretting. Yes, you did. <laughs> this is on me. You fucked up. <sighs> But until we get to Super Brawl, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Bust and Seats Podcast. Bye.